It's time for your weekly trip inside the ropes and behind the scenes of the Australian golf industry. Welcome to another episode of the Australian Golf Show with Tiffany Cherry and Mark Allen. And so last night was fine. This morning was a totally different story. I cried like a baby this morning. I was so stressed out. Um, I didn't know what to do. I was sitting there. I was telling Meredith, I was like, I, I don't think I'm ready for this. You know, I'm not ready. I go, I don't feel like I'm ready for this kind of stuff. And I just felt overwhelmed. Well, he faltered only once from start to finish. What an incredible performance it was from the new world Number one, winning his, winning his fourth event from six starts and it happens to culminate in the most prestigious of them all. Welcome to our Augusta wrap-up, Mark Allen and Tiffany Cherry joining. Marco, have you ever, ever seen a performance, apart from the five-time mm. winner in Tiger Woods, ever seen a performance from a world number one like that? Uh, it's pretty rare that a world number one comes into a major and wins these days, unless your name's Tiger Woods. So, uh, you know, I've been on uh, quite a few radio stations right around the country this week, and one of the opening lines I've said is cross out uh, Scotty Scheffler, because uh, I didn't think he could come into this week with number one expectation uh, and do well. But you know what's happened? I think the tournament was the biggest build-up we've ever had. Mm. Not for all... Not, not for, the only reason was Tiger Woods. I mean, his comeback was unbelievable. And maybe he didn't get the, you know, adulation that the normal world number one comes in. For instance, if John Rahm came into this tournament as the world number one and Tiger wasn't playing, the whole story is about John yep. Rahm trying to win his first major. Sure. So, look, I'm not saying that's the reason he won, but I don't think the expectation was there that you would normally get. But I tell you what. For a fellow who had trouble turning the ball right to left, and for years and years and years and years we've been told you've got to be able to hit the ball right to left at Augusta, for a fellow who had all kinds of trouble, his performance in the wind and the cold and everything else that went along this week was just outstanding. And I love how he wears his heart on his sleeve. He's so emotional and he, t- yeah. he just revealed then he was crying like a baby. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's just awesome stuff. The way he brings his wife into it, it's, uh, he's a, a, a real personality that's come in that, that's not just your straight up and down number one. Um, and he's bringing you eyeballs as well, I think, to the game. And, and then and a person who's bringing eyeballs from an Australian's perspective, of course, is Cam Smith, yeah. who was right in contention, came up and down and then uh, – and. You know, reduced it to to a lead of just one after the two holes, and then found a bit of trouble. Well, let's let's just talk through Scotty Scheffler and what he did first, and we'll get to Cameron Smith because he's a very big part of the last day. What Scotty Scheffler did was out wedge and out chip the best wedge and chipper in the game, and, and you might as well throw in puttering as well because many people think Cameron Smith is the best yep. putter in the game. But what happened on the third hole was almost a ta- turning point of the last day. So they both hit their drives left. Scotty Scheffler gets a drop that, you know, some people are scratching oh, their head about. You know, there's a, the corner, there's yep. a corner of the scoreboard yep. kind of in the way. He gets a drop. That's okay. They both leave, leave these wedges short. Now, when that pin's front left, the last place you want to hit it is left off the tee. They've both gone straight left. Um, when they've both left their pitches short, I'm thinking, oh, here we go. Cameron Smith is in the box seat here. But Scheffler went first. And what he did was he played this shot called, I call him, the skidder. So I thought you were going to say something else. No. <laughs> so in those situations, you can either do the full Phil Mickelson and put the ball straight up and land it on the green and, you know, only, only the extremely gifted yep. are able to do that. Hello, Phil. He was able to do it. 
But if he can't do that, the only way he can get those pitches close is to skid the ball on the fringe, which is a softer bounce, keep the spin going, and then hopefully it stops. So he did that. And when he did it, it goes into In. the hole <laughs> with the skidder. Oh. So then it's okay, over to you, Cameron Smith. Now, Cameron Smith, after seeing the skidder, still elected to try and land his shot on the green. And you saw what happened. He only landed that ball probably, I don't know, I'm going to say two steps onto the green, maybe six feet onto the green, and it goes 20 foot past up this hill. Now he's got the fastest, curliest putt, you know, in the opening stretch. And he bogeys. And he makes a bogey. So there is a two-shot swing, and that beautiful two shots that he made up with the birdies disappears straight away. Amazingly, he... Birdie's 11. Yep. So he birdies 11, um, and and that's still in the middle of Amen Corner. And here we are on 12. Now we've seen so many players come undone on 12. So he goes up there, and he's got this tiny little bit of – the momentum lasted one minute. <laughs> one the, minute the, the, of the momentum. The on. And then triple bogey, and then – Bang. Next thing we do, we're looking at Rory McIlroy trying to win the Grand Slam, the career Grand Slam. So, um, you know, I, I question what he did on that 12th tee. Well, let's have a listen to exactly what's going through Cam Smith's mind on the 12th. 154 carries to the green on that side. That's a nine iron, confirmed. Let's go, So often, 12, it, Ian Baker Finch just referenced it before, it killed Spieth back in 2016. Has it done the same to Smith? Yeah, it did do the same as Smith. Now, I was driving to work at this stage. and You didn't what, drive off the road, did you? What went around <laughs> um, the whole country, uh, if you had uh, digital or uh, you know, DAB+, Plus, they had the Masters Channel on. Yep. And on the Masters Channel, they've had this, this amazing radio coverage. Um, and what they did, when Cameron Smith was on the tee talking to his caddy, they had a microphone close enough to you could hear exactly what he said. Now, he and his caddy spoke about going over the right edge – of the front bunker at 12. And when they finished their conversation, the commentators came back and said, the right edge of the bunker at 12, this is the most aggressive line that any player has taken today. Let's go back to the Players' Championship on 17, okay? Uh, Because he took an aggressive line there. He blocked that shot. He said that after his round. And he won that Players' Championship by three feet, basically. Three feet. So he's taken another aggressive line. This time he's been caught out and made the triple bogey. Every other player, um, according to the radio coverage, they either went over the left edge of that bunker or straight over the bunker. It doesn't sound like much, folks, but it's a lot. It's a lot in that situation. Do you know what? That potentially might be his aggressive approach is might be what wins him. Yeah. Masters down the track. Now, that was his third top five finish in four years, yes. which is phenomenal. No, he's built for this golf course. It's clear now. And he feels really comfortable. He can turn it around the corners. We spoke about Scheffler not being able to turn it around the corners. But you know what? This is the one thing about Scotty Scheffler. He might look like a world number one. He mightn't swing the club like a world number one. But when we're talking composure, that's his number one. That's why he's the world number one. His composure in these situations uh, was just better 
and than everybody else in his last six tournaments in the last two months of golf. Well, and another man who's obviously shown that composure time and time and time again, probably the greatest golfer mm. we've ever seen. Unbelievable to see Tiger Woods back. Yeah, it's, it his, it's the first time since February 2021 when he was in a car crash and nearly lost his mm. leg. They didn't even know whether he was going to walk again. Well, here he is mm. playing four rounds at the Masters without a golf, without a, a buggy. Yeah. And, uh, and he said it hasn't been easy, but the crowds have been all worth it. Oh, the crowds uh, were incredible, you know, on the Sunday. Um, well, let's have a listen to what Tiger had to say about them. As I alluded to in a press conference on, on Tuesday, the amount of texts and FaceTimes and calls I got from players that, um, that are close to me uh, throughout this entire time has meant, has meant a lot. And then to come here on these grounds and have the, 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 the patrons, you know, I'd, I played in a, in a COVID year and then I didn't play last year. So, um, you know, 19 was last time I, you know, we, for me that I experienced, you know, having the patrons like this and it's exciting. It's, it's inspiring. It's, uh, it's fun to hear the roars, to hear, um, hole in ones. I, I think uh, Kitchen made one the other day, and uh, to hear that roar down down there at the bottom there on 16, uh, just to hear that 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 excitement of uh, what this tournament brings out. It's incredible to to think the last time he won was only 2019. It yeah. feels like a, a lifetime <laughs> a ago, ago. But geez, it's so good just to hear him yeah. speaking about it and and just to see him back in action. Uh, he's talking about uh, Stuart Sink there when he says kitchen as well. Uh, <laughs> so he's the guy who made the hole in one for those who didn't understand the kitchen bit. But you know what? Um, when he spoke after round one, he, he shot 71. And when he spoke after round one, I, I, I get the feeling that he was as chuffed about that 71 as he has been about any round of golf he has ever played. You know, you could hear it in his voice. You could see that there was this um, intense accomplishment that he and his team had done. And there is no way, there is no way in my mind anyway, that he really thought he was going to win this week. In fact, it's the lowest, he's, it's the highest he's ever yeah. finished. Yeah, yeah. well, well yeah. Well, but the 71 after the round one, I reckon when he looks back in his career, he'll tick that off as a top five round in his life. Um, just, you know, the 500 days, he beat eight of the world's top 12 in that round one. There's only round well, one, beat, you know, he you've got to go Scott. round two and everybody. And many beat of those top 12 in the world four. probably beat him in yep. the end. But it doesn't matter. Um, it was brilliant to watch him walk around the golf course. How many times are we going to see him tee up this year, do you think? Uh, well, he committed to the British Open. So he's going to go and play in that uh, celebration of golf, which will be the 150th uh, Open Championship at St Andrews. Uh, I reckon he's, you know, I reckon he engaged now. Um, ben Hogan, when he uh, came back from his car accident, he became just a majors player and, um, you know, Cherry picked a couple. Sorry, Tiff. Cherry picked a couple <laughs> like of, of good tournaments yep. um, that he wanted to play in along the way. I've got a feeling that Tiger's going to do exactly the same. And, and when you hear him talking about the crowds, you know he, he can do he can do fifteen laps of honour for all I care. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and, and and look at uh, you know and just experience that and add to the tournament. Whatever tournament he plays in now, he's going to add to it. Hey, Minwoo Lee. Now this yeah. kid, we were talking a lot about him in the start of the year. Was he going to make in the world's top fifty and get into the Masters? What a performance it was for him. He tied the Masters front nine record with yeah. a record, with a, a, record. A, of yeah. thirty. Um, to finish with a 70 and a top 15 finish on debut. Yeah, very good. Uh, you know, when you're a first-timer, making the cut is probably high on the uh, 
early priority list. Uh, you think about winning the tournament if you ever get into that situation. But, you know, standing on that first day on Thursday, let's make the cut and experience a weekend here at Augusta, experience the rules, experience the back nine on Sunday. Um, he stood on the first tee in that last round. Pretty hopeful that something nice would happen. Eagles the second. Birdies six, seven, eight, nine to shoot the 30. Uh, I think he bogeyed 10, but it doesn't matter. You know, you can see how good a player this kid is. Now, he's had this little American run of tournaments where he's been getting some invitations into. He hasn't played with much success at all, to tell you the truth, in, in, in all those events that he got the... But this is a beautiful little thing that he can probably springboard again. We, we saw how good he is. Um, I saw him speaking after his round. He, he was pretty happy with himself uh, with that performance. So um, we know he's a superstar. Uh, I think the more he plays, he realises uh, just how good he is as well. Because, you, you know, you walk off your first Masters with a Masters record, um, it's, uh, he'll, be, uh, he'll, he'll have the chest puffed out. For quite some time, I reckon. And uh, the rest of the Aussies, Adam Scott finished, uh, what, tied for 48th. Cat yeah. Davis, Mark Leishman. Yeah, the, look, everyone who made the cuts done well. But, you know, it's 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 a different level here. You know, if you if you if you get caught on the wrong side of the weather as well, which I think a lot of our Australians did on, on Saturday, mm. um, you know, the golf course was playing as long as we'd ever seen the joint play. I mean, it was wet and the cold conditions. I mean, the, the year that Zach Johnson won, it was a freezing year as well. I was there that year and we had to buy long johns. Everybody who was over there with us, we all went <laughs> down to, yeah, what's their place? No, something, Mart, uh, not Kmart, the big one, uh, Walmart. Yeah, we Walmart. All, we all went down to Walmart <laughs> and we ordered 25 pairs of long johns that were so cold. And, you, you know, the ball just doesn't go anywhere when it's cold. Um, so, you know, anything can really happen in, in those situations. And um, our players, you know, yeah, they, they can all – everyone who makes the cut of the gusset can hold their head up. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, it's at the top of my uh, bucket list, that's for sure. And um, after the break, we're going to be speaking with our cherry pick guest who is uh, an amateur on the rise, Kirsten Rudgley, who also happened to – have the experience of playing at Augusta National. Shot even par, first look around the course. Amazing. Fantastic stuff. Can't can't wait to hear how she describes her experience. That's coming up right after this. Keeping with the theme of Augusta, the week before we had the Augusta National Women's Amateur and we had two Australians teeing up and one was none other than Kirsten Rudgley who has been in brilliant form all year. She won the Victorian Amateur Championship, finished second at the National Amateurs. Uh, She won the Athena on her 21st birthday. That was great lead up leading into into Augusta and it's wonderful to have you with us, Kirsten. Congratulations on your finish over there, tied for eighth. What a performance. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. How was the experience? Can you just describe to all of our listeners just what it's like to tee up at Augusta? Um, everybody keeps asking me the same question and I've got, I just said, it's different. You know, you're not going to find a golf course looking like that ever. Um, everything you look at is perfect. Um, even the people there, they're, they're so helpful. Um, and just walking around the golf course, I was like, wow, I'm actually here and I'm playing. So, um, it was, it was amazing experience. So, yeah. Hey, Kirsten, uh, the Augusta people have done some great stuff for amateur golf recently. You know, you've got the Asia Pacific, you've got the Latin, uh, they all get the chance to play at Augusta at some stage. This, in my view, is the number one. What they have done for women's amateur golf is sensational because there are now young girls who can look at this tournament and go, I want to win 
at Augusta one day, and and that that is a possibility. How 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 was it? You know, being a twenty one year old that you are these days, knowing that that you know is a possibility, uh, and it, where it never used to be. Yeah, for sure. Um, when I heard about this event a couple of years ago, um, I thought, oh, it'd be pretty cool to um, get to play there. Um, be a cool experience, all that sort of stuff, and. Um, Worked hard on my wagger to just try get it down as far as I could, um, and then got the uh, the phone call when I was at the Oz PGA actually to say, oh, "Would I like to play?" And I obviously <laughs> took the, took the uh, the invite straight away. So um, no, for anyone that that does get the chance to play or even just walk around the place, it's unbelievable. World Golf Amateur Ranking is the wagger, in case you're uh, wondering. <laughs> which you're you ranked, uh, what? You're ranked 40 in the world now, which is uh, you, you've been like a bullet over the last few months. Yeah, well, I've just been working really hard to get that down. Um, and my Europe trip last year definitely helped out. So, um, yeah, just if you get that down, you'll get into most events. So. <laughs> Have you? People have been asking, especially with your performance of late. You know, when are you going to turn pro? Did you deliberately have this in mind, this event, and that you would get to this event and then say, "Okay, now it's time to open the floodgates." Um, yeah, for sure. Um, I wanted to play in this event because um, us females, we don't get the chance to play there. Um, so to be able to play in it and in a competition, um, I was like, "Yeah, I'm going to hold off a little bit." Um, go to, I'm going to go to LPGA Q School at the end of the year, just see how I go, um, and yeah, just take my time and see what happens. I'm not in any rush, so um, yeah, I'd rather do it when I'm ready, and that's it. it what about um, for you, Kirsten? Just the the year you've had so far. I mean, this uh, you know you've you've tasted victory on a number of fronts, beating uh, top young players, the professionals at the Athena. How much confidence did that give you leading into Augusta? Yeah, for sure. Um, it was a good experience again um, and I enjoyed every minute of it, uh, just the concept of it and getting on with the girls was awesome. Um, I just enjoyed the whole week all round really uh, and it was a bonus to come away with the win. So, yeah, that was uh, it definitely gave me a bit of confidence for um, Augusta. Um, and I, I don't know, it's just a weird feeling, even being at Augusta, it gives you confidence. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, so, Kirsten, uh, I want to ask you about the actual golf course and, and how you felt around the place because, you know, you hear what the fellas think, but I want to hear what you think, you know, world-class amateur player. I know you got to play a practice round and then, of course, you get the last round on the Sunday before the Masters. Um, tell us what it was like on the first tee because – when you talk to um, some of the men who have played there for the first time, they, they talk about the nerves in their stomach on that first tee as being so overwhelming, they're just happy to make contact with the ball. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think the first hole is the hardest tee shot on the whole golf course, so that's not ideal to start on with. So, um, And the crowds were just crazy. Um, there were about three or four rows piled back. Um, it was there's always people in every hole um it just I don't know I like them I did actually really enjoy it um I didn't really get nervous as such um my caddy Russell he just said focus on the golf course not the people um which was that was uh really good to hear um but yeah no I I enjoyed the whole week um the golf course was just amazing uh, and you won't find a bit of grass wrong so <laughs> 
Tell us about Amen Corner, okay? So you get to 11, and it's a, it was a brand-new 11th hole this year. You know, there's a big dip on the right of the green, and they gave you a little bit of extra room on the right-hand side. What was the 11th like uh, in tournament conditions? Yeah, um, well, that corner kind of once it sucks you in, you want to hit it over there, but you don't want to hit it over there because it's not any good over there. Yeah. <laughs> so you've got to kind of, I don't know, play the hole as such of what it's shaped. Um, and you've got to think your whole way through the hole because uh, even the second shot, it's pretty tough because you've got the water on the left, everything slopes towards the water. Uh, and you've got that new swell, like you were saying before, on the right. Um, if you do hit it down there, it's not the greatest chip because um, it's pretty tough to chip around there because it's quite thatchy. Mm. Um, so, I don't know, I got, I got hole 11, 12 out of the way and then we just <laughs> moved on. So, um, yeah, it was it, them, them three holes are pretty special. Yeah, you're you're right about it being thatchy or sticky. I think some of the players call it. It's a real sticky grass to chip through, and we saw we saw Scotty Scheffler do it three times, which was incredible, actually. But what about the twelfth? Cameron Smith made the triple bogey. Mm. Where was the pin, and how were you on that? So we had we had exactly the same pins as the players, the actual men players on the Sunday. so that was pretty cool to um, when we got the pin sheet the day before. I was like, "Oh wow, they're the same pins!" So that was um, that was really cool as well. Um, Where, where'd you aim? But that, yeah. Oh, I actually, um, <laughs> we, me and Russell, the caddy, we said about fifteen feet left of the flag, and um, I slightly pushed it and hit it to about ten foot. Yes, <laughs> beautiful. Well done. That's why you aim left. Hey, what, yeah, what was your favourite? What's your favourite hole? Um, probably that twelfth hole. Um, just when you're standing on the tee, you got all the nice flowers behind, um, the nice water through the middle of it. Uh, you got big grandstand behind you. Um, and yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's a really nice part of the golf course. Um, but every hole is awesome. Yeah. So. Well, what about walking up the 18th? Describe that. Uh, oh, walking up 18th is amazing. Um, just the crowds and knowing that you're there, it's, um, you can't really, I don't know, you can't really explain it unless you're there. It's, um, yeah, it's definitely something you want to put on your bucket list if you can, that's for sure. Tell me about the way you're treated, though, because this, <laughs> this is the most outrageous thing of, of the whole joint because, you know, you see, there was a few pictures of Tiger Woods this week and he was carrying his practice balls and his practice balls were the exact ball that he uses with Tiger on them. So he's he's practicing with his own golf balls. So did (laughs) they extend that to you as well, Kirsten? Well, when we rocked up there, um, I was like, oh, what's all that in the green bags? And Russell said, oh, what ball do you play? I said, oh, Cali Star. Um, He goes, okay, I'll be back. So (laughs) they bring your own golf balls over to you. Um, Pretty much whatever you want is there. Um, It's just crazy. It's like like Charlie in the Chocolate Factory, but, but golf. You got it. Yeah, that is exactly like what it is. In the toy shop when he was there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what, what about just a simple thing like the food in the clubhouse and, and just those sort of things that we never hear about? Yeah, so when we had the chairman's dinner on the Tuesday, I believe it was, um, we all got to sit with a member. Um, and I sat with the uh, Prime Minister of New Zealand, the uh, the current, the old one. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he was just talking about, what the gold course is like and what he what it's like for him to be a member there, all that sort of stuff. And then um, we're eating our food, which is really good anyway, a bit of salmon, a bit of steak. And he goes, oh, do you want some fried chicken? And I was like, what? 
<laughs> I had no idea what he was on about. Robert Hay, um, is it a Robert K? And then um, the waiters brought out some of this fried chicken and I've never tasted anything so good in my life. It was just <laughs> of course. so good. The southern fried chicken is unbelievable. Yeah. And, hey, um, the 16-year-old Anna Davis from California, she uh, she even received a congratulatory um, text message or, or tweet, tweet, I think it was, from Tiger Woods. Did you see that? Yeah. Yeah, no, it was uh, – I did see that. That was pretty cool. They um, The players that week were – really into what we were doing as well, which was um, really nice. Um, Tiger and JT, and I don't know if you saw, well, the media posted it a bit before, but they were there when we were there practicing yeah. um, about a week and a half, oh, a week before, sorry. Um, Did you so meet him? That was cool to say. Did you meet Tiger? No, he had way too many important people around him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Robert, so, John uh, Key was the Prime Minister's yeah. name of New Zealand, Yeah, you got it. Yeah, That's John the one. Key. So what's next? What's next for you? You're back home in WA. What have you got planned? Yeah, I've got Bonville, New South Wales. I leave on Monday. Um, and then I come home for a couple of days, I think it is, and then head off for interstate to fight one more time. Might as well while I'm here. Um, and then I'm off to Singapore to play the Queen's circuit. Um, and then come home from that and then back to the US again. Yeah. It's just a dream so, life, isn't it? Busy, busy. Dream life, Kirsten. You. Well, you know what? Enjoy every minute, every second of it. Thank you. You've done so well and uh, we love watching you and we love having a chat. So thanks so much for joining thanks, us. Thanks, guys. Thank Good you. Good Kirsten. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a break on the Australian Golf Show. We've got the Australian Golf Media Manager in Martin Blake joining us with all the news from around the traps right after this. Welcome back to the show and it is time for all the news and I want to uh, just get this name out, Ratchanon Shantanawat. Wow. He's, this guy, is uh, this kid is a star on the rise, 15 years of age, 37 days. He's the youngest male winner on the Asian tour. Tell us about him. Well, uh, I think Marco probably knows more about him than I do, but, uh, you know, it's an incredible feat, isn't it, uh, in, that, in a, in a uh, established tour? I mean, I was looking at this the other day and uh, – I was wondering whether any whether Lydia Ko had done some. So Lydia Ko won the New South Wales Open when she was fourteen. Mm. Okay, fourteen. I think so. she won a Canadian the Canadian Open when she was sixteen. I think she was number yeah. one in the world when yeah. she was seventeen. Yeah. So so there are uh, examples, but you know, not to put that down at all. It's absolutely incredible. Now, uh, Marco, did you ever play at Royal Oaks Golf Club in Dallas? Because I know you did. Yes, your... I did. Fantastic place. That is Scottish... Randy Smith. That's where Randy Smith, the current coach of uh, Scotty Scheffler, uh, has been working for 35, 40 years. Well, that is Scotty Scheffler's club yep. in Dallas. Yep. And uh, I saw some photos this morning of the boys at the club and the women, uh, you know, they celebrated yeah. watching it yeah. on the day. They had a big day at the club. And uh, the interesting thing was he took money off a few of the members the day before he went to Augusta, which so it's a week week earlier. Yeah. He played a money game and he took took the money. And then he said to him, oh, yeah, I've got to travel tomorrow. I can't play tomorrow. And he, yeah. yeah. He, 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 <laughs> apparently he mentioned Augusta about I twice. hope he comes back and shouts a bar. How, yeah. how about just at the moment um, – where that Royal Oaks Golf Club is, it's very close to a suburb called Highland Park. And Highland Park is the best suburb in Dallas. So just out of that high school, Highland Park, 
This year they had the quarterback who won the Super Bowl. They ah. had this uh, Clayton Kershaw who not long ago won the World Series. And now from the same high school, oh. they've got a Masters winner. So it they're sounds going like o- Spain from a couple of years ago. When they're they going won okay. Highland Park High Schools is going okay just at the moment. So Scheffler's going to be number one in the world uh, now until up, they think, up until around the PGA wow, at the very least. He, he's in, that, yeah. far, that far ahead. But Cam Smith, who could have got to number one if he'd won the Masters, depending what Scheffler did, mm. he has jumped one spot. So he's now in the top five in the world for the first time. He's, number, he's number five. So it's Scheffler one, Morikawa two, John Rahm three, Victor Hovland, your man. Marco, yes, I love Victor. Is at four and Cam Smith's at five. He would be devastated, Cam Smith, with the way that he played, but knowing him a little bit, I think yeah. he's got a lot of perspective on life, Cam, and I think that he will take it in the right way. And I, I did hear his interview afterwards where he said he, he was talking about what happened to him on 12. Look, it's happened to a lot of people, let's yeah. face it. It happened to Jordan Spieth. It's happened to, it happened to multiple players at that very hole when yeah. Tiger won in 2019. Um, yeah. You know, Francesco Molinari absolutely knocked it in there and so, so did Kepka and and yeah. others, so uh, the only one they didn't was Fred Couples. He should have gone in, but it hung up on the hung up on the bank, and he ended up well, winning. Well, that, that's right in '92. And uh, interesting to hear that uh, Kirsten Rudgley just knocked it to ten feet there. <laughs> no, no problem at all. No so, problem. Kirsten yeah, did the so right thing. I, I put Same two thing. balls in the water there. I, I've still got bad memories of that. <laughs> Do you somehow get in? How did he, you get into play? He, he gets it in every week that he played at Augusta. It's brilliant. <laughs> how did you get? How did you get to play? He's so because, good. Hang on, this is newsworthy. Well, you went here last you week, here Tip, last but week, yeah. uh, I did say that I got I got drawn out of the media draw in 2012, yeah. and I shot 98 off the stick. Uh, but uh, <laughs> great effort! I don't. Oh, I didn't. You wanted me to mention it, so I've mentioned it. <laughs> okay, so the Fortinet uh, PGA Championship, Australian PGA Championship, is back at Royal Queensland for 2022. We already knew it was 22, but they've added 23 to that. They've done a another arrangement with the. Um, travel in Queensland. That's so right. 24 to 27 November is the date. They've announced that, and it is a DP World Tour, i.e. European event. Uh, the first That's event. better news. First event well of the next season's European Tour. And well two, done. $2 million yeah. prize now. Would Cam Smith play in that? Well, he's going to be the primary target. Absolutely. He's a, he's a Brisbane boy. Yeah. Um, won there before. or well, won this championship not and long he's, ago. And his feet are on the ground. He's, you know, he's, he's a good kid. He's a he, yeah. he he does the he does the right thing by his country. I reckon he would. It also depends what it's up he against. He has won you know. the if it's, if, past. If it's up against something uh, that Huge. he wants to play in, um, so th- there are, there are a lot of factors. But look, he, I have confidence that he'll come back if he can. Well, someone like Cam, he can pick and choose a yes. bit now because yeah. he's established in the top fifty. He doesn't have to worry. He's going to be in all the majors. Yeah. Um, he's got all his exemptions. So I would think that uh, there's a very good chance that Cam Smith will be coming back. Is there know, a date a for for twenty four to twenty seven November at Royal Queensland? Well, there shouldn't be too much on there. I, I would have thought so. So he'll obviously be the target, but they'll be. One, I know that they're going to focus on getting the best Australian players back. They're not going for big names from overseas. I've already said that. Yeah. Uh, there's no need to do that. We've got very, uh, you know, brilliant young players. Absolutely. You just saw that in the Masters during the week. Well, what about what Min Lee did? Yeah. Yeah, uh, you've got that. Lucas Herbert who's won in Europe and America. So Cam Davis who, you know, he hasn't got much publicity, Cam Davis, in Australia, but he's really, really good. So uh, those type of, those are the type of guys who will tee it up there. Now, you, know, you know, South Africa have been having uh, European tours or DP, DP World Tours for a long, long time. You don't see the greatest players in the world playing in those circuits. No. And, and those tournaments, you don't. You just get the South Africans 
going back. Um, it gives an opportunity for more South Africans to win, and that's why you see so many South Africans playing on the DP World Tour. So it's not the worst thing to ever happen to Australian golf, that you don't get Dustin Johnson and Rory McIlroy and Tiger Woods playing in these events because it's more chance for our guys to win. And the younger guys. And then they've got an opportunity to somewhere to play for a long, long time. So what's, I think it just makes sense. What's the key word? Pathways. Pathways. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Australian junior amateur was last week. Uh, Jeff Guan from New South Wales is Sydney guy, brilliant young player. Uh, both uh, uh, Janith Wong. They, they uh, defended their player. title, didn't they? Both they, of them. They both went back to back at the Vines Rainella. Uh, what's the, the chances of that? It's unusual for, a, unusual for a, an Australian junior to have double yeah. back to back. Well, to win it underage, uh, like they both did last year, yeah. that's unusual. Great to go back to back is, you know. Unheard of, really. They're both outstanding young players. Now, Janith Wong's an interesting one because she's born in Malaysia and came to Melbourne for schooling. Uh, and has retained, has, she's retained yes. her Malaysian uh, citizenship and she's, I believe, going to represent Malaysia in something very soon. It's probably that Queen Siriket event that, uh, that Kirsten mentioned. So I think we're going to lose Janith. She's going to college in the States very soon. So I think we, we'll kind of loser, but it's been great that she's been here. She's won absolutely everything. And Jeff Guan is an absolute gun. He, he, we've known about him for a while. It'll be interesting to see um, her go to college in America and to see the different, you know, the, the sliding doors kind of moment. Do you, do you stay here or do you go over and get a plan B? Uh, because that's what college offers. It offers plan B uh, if your golf does fall over, but it also offers an amazing uh, pathway of tournaments. Um, and you get to play against, I'm guesstimating here, 80% of the world's best, best under 23 players week after week. Uh, what that does for you mentally. And the contacts you make. It toughens you up very, very quick. Um, and it gets you used to shooting very low scores. Otherwise, the world goes past you. So um, there, are, there are good reasons to stay here, but there are some great reasons to go overseas into the college system as well. So Janith played in some of the TPS events yeah. that, you know, this year, and she is pro-level right now. Yeah. She's a pro-level player. Well, you, you don't have to go over there. Like Adam Scott went to Uni- University of Las, Las Vegas. Vegas. Yeah, UNLV. He, he stayed for one year. Sometimes that's all you need. Yep. And you know you know. Uh, but it's just not—it's not a bad little springboard to do if you if you have your heart set on turning pro. Yeah. So Derek Ackerman. Now there's an American playing on the Australasian PGA Tour, uh, yeah. which is unusual uh, for that to happen. The money is not as big as some of the other tours. But Derek Ackerman won the National PGA Classic last week on the Gunnamatta course, the first ever tournament on that course, which has been remodelled. Um, I thought it was just interesting. The guy, uh, you know, Derek Ackerman. He comes from San Francisco, yeah. and he played. Played superbly all week and and was leading most of the way through, ended up winning by a couple of shots. But um, his coach back in San Fran said to him a few years ago, "Why don't you go and play somewhere overseas?" Yeah. The Brooks Kepka method. Now Brooks Kepka went and played on the Challenge Tour in Europe. That's right. Worked his way up. So the coach said to him, "We wanted to see the Brooks Kepka method. Where do you want to go?" Comes out to Australia for a holiday with his family. Plays New South Wales Golf Club. Yep. Awesome. Royal Melbourne has a hit at Royal Melbourne. Yeah. How good's this? You know, I love this style yeah. style of golf. It's the next. So he goes to the tour school yeah. and comes out and he's played all the events over the last two years. And now he's won one, so he's got exemption for the next two years. Yeah, so that's a good thing uh, to do, you know, because like years and years ago in the seventies, there's a fellow called Payne Stewart came out. And Payne yes. Stewart Payne Stewart came out like a lot of Americans did because you know, in the seventies, eighties and nineties the Australasian tour was the greatest mini tour in the world. Mm. 
Um, and the the, mm. the other tours didn't go 12 months a year like they do now. It was a great place to play. And Payne Stewart, of course, married an Australian woman who was mm. a very good, good player's wife, Fergie's wife. Um, I'll think of his name in a tick. And, and, and he had an Australian wife in the end. So, you know, I love seeing the Americans come out here and, and playing and, uh, and getting a grounding. It's good for our players as well. Blake Windred was the other big winner of that because he finished joint runner-up and he jumped up to th- uh, uh, third on the order of merit, which, uh, you know... Yeah, the what's top- happening with that now? Oh, so Je- Jed Morgan's home and yep. hose yep. because he won the Australian PGA and Bla- Blake Windred is is now up up into the into the top three. So th- it's coming down to the why you got the WA PGA in a couple of weeks, WA Open after that and Northern Territory PGA. But Blake Windred, who's been trying to get himself into the European Tour for a while via mm-hmm. the Challenge Tour, he's now... Probably, you know, it looks like he'll get on. Great stuff, Gazelle. That. And ca- one more thing. Karis Davidson, LPGA debut this week. Uh, first time on the big tour. Good Ooh. luck. Good, Good luck, luck to Let's Karis. Look, we might see if we can check in with her next week and also talk about uh, my goal for the month of April for girls. But now we want to talk about the vision of the year. We have our March winner who is going to join us on the line, Marcus Ward, who's a club secretary of Mount Macedon. Well, Mark, welcome to the show, Marcus, and congratulations to your club. Uh, thanks, Tiffany. It's it's very exciting um, up here on the mount. Um, uh, we've put in a, a fair bit of work in the last twelve months in relation to uh, getting ladies involved, and it's uh, come to fruition and uh, an absolute bonus to to be recognised by GA. So, tell us exactly what you have done. What what has the club decided to do that'll attract more females, more women and girls to your club? Okay, so right back at the very start, so we're talking 12 months ago, um, there was an uh, initiative from Golf Australia in relation to getting women and girls involved in golf. Um, we found a couple of uh, willing um, uh, members who were, were keen to take on the, uh, the coaching roles, which is myself and uh, also our handicapper, along with uh, terrific support from captains, uh, other members uh, from, our, from our committee as well. And also the one or two um, ladies that we have as members, yep. because we only had a, a membership of um, about five five women mm-hmm. participating with, within the club, and most of those ladies were social players. We only had one lady who was interested in playing competition. So that was the um, that was the start. We reached out to our Golf Australia representative, um, our regional representative, uh, uh, Shana Farella, uh, for some ideas, um, and she was fantastic in in helping us. Um, Piece together a program. So we started. Uh, we started out thinking we might get ten to a dozen ladies for, from around the, the Mount Macedon, Gisborne, sort of uh, Dalhousie area. How many did you get in the end? Well, we, to start off, we we had twenty um, interested straight up, and then COVID. You might have heard of it. Um, COVID hit us, so we had to delay uh, participation because we had some ladies who were outside our region, and therefore. Uh, were limited in relation to their travel, so we we delayed and postponed for several months, and that took us into a Mount Macedon winter, which is uh, uh, can be cold at times. Um, we and, and but we eventually got going in in uh, June and um, had fourteen uh, committed participants uh, for a month. Uh, we opened up the opportunity again the next month, and um, we got another twenty two ladies who participated, and then beyond that, the next month was. A, a development of skills program, so we got actually got them um, playing on course in, in an Ambrose format, 
and it's just built from there. We've had uh, more than 90 ladies come through this program. Um, it's resulted in uh, us having uh, now uh, a massive increase in the number of lady members. So we've gone from about five up to 32. That's amazing. Unbelievable, Marcus. Uh, isn't this the great uh, unknown growth area for golf generally? Don't you think? Well, well it is. Um, I, I know you know, when COVID first hit, uh, we had a, a significant increase in the number of green fee players and some pro rata members because that was the only thing that you could do. There was no uh, other organised sport. Golf was basically it. Uh, but once um, um, other opportunities opened up, our, our membership uh, dwindled somewhat. And we don't have a, a massive membership. We're not a huge club. Um, but uh, we saw an opportunity in relation to like 50% of the population um, was not participating in our golf club. So it was basically just uh, a bit of a dip in the water, put our toe in the water and, and find out whether there was interest. And it's been, uh, it's been huge. We didn't really realise how, um, how committed those ladies would be to, to participating in, in the golf program. Marcus, just in summary, what, what are the women saying about this, what this has done for them? Um, well, the ladies, uh, they've been, um, they've been very proactive in relation to organising themselves. Um, you know, we've offered the opportunity um, to, uh, for, you know, th- there are limitations in relation to golf and the biggest one is expense. So to go out and just suddenly decide that you want to play golf and go and spend four or five, six hundred dollars on a set of golf clubs and then decide, well, this is not for me, um, that's out of people's reach. So through our um, through uh, grant opportunity, through our local Bendigo Bank, yeah. um, Isbon Branch, uh, they donated uh, four sets of ladies' clubs. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, they're 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 available to any of the ladies that participated in the program. They don't have to go and buy clubs. So, well, I'll get a nod contact saying, um, you know, "I'm going to play this Thursday with so and so. Can we grab a couple yeah, of sets of clubs?" That's that's exactly uh, what we need. We need something like that to be able to just break that circuit where people don't have the money necessarily. Well, well, you know what? You've you're in the running now to win up to ten thousand dollars of Callaway products, Marcus, and uh, your club. As we said, congratulations to you because it's uh, examples of like what you've done that really helped to promote the game of golf to everyone, women and girls included. And uh, we really, you know, rate, tilt our hat to you and say well done. Thank you. My, my suggestion would be anyone listening in on this that, that's uh, looking to go down that path is to make it as absolutely social as possible. Uh, the ladies will bring the competition with them, yep. um, but uh, to make it as social uh, don't we, we? We were never of the intention to ensure that this built into memberships. That's yep. been a bonus. Yep. Uh, the whole uh, purpose of us getting behind this was so that we would engage the ladies in golf, yep. and then they would decide whether this was something that they wanted to do or not. And to to our um, advantage, it's been um, uh, it's been memberships that we didn't think we would really yeah. get. Well, congratulations to you once again. It's a new frontier. That's what I say golf is, a new frontier. Make it fun, make it social. Well done to you, Marcus. We're going to take a break. And on the other side of this, it is Marco's Masterclass. All right, it is now time for the gems from the mouth of Marco. Marco's Masterclass, Scotty Scheffler, no doubt, in the gun. Okay, uh, from what I could see, Scotty Scheffler's low skidders won him the tournament. He got up and down from over the back of the first with a low skitter uh, and it made an incredible par there. He actually hit the low skitter the two feet. The low skitter's a hard shot. He hit a low skitter into the hole on the third and he also hit a low skitter from over the back of the 15th and hold that putt as well. If people who don't know what we're talking about, um, Kirsten Rudgley touched on it before, there is some soft, spongy grass. It's almost, mm. the players call it sticky as a fringe. 
So the ball won't always travel through it nicely. And that's actually a, a little bit like our grass here in Australia. Sometimes, particularly in the sand belt, the greens can be really, really hard and the surrounds are really, really, well, the ball just doesn't bounce on it. So you've got two options. You can go up Phil Mickelson style or you can try and hit a low skitter that spins. Now, if you just hit an 8-iron or a 9-iron, the ball doesn't spin enough to skid and you're at the mercy of the bounce. So what you'll see the pros doing and what you saw Scotty Scheffler doing, they hit a low spinner through the front, mm. uh, through the fringe. How do you and hit the, this? Well, you, the only way you can make a, a golf ball spin a lot is hit a lofted club low. So he does it with his lob wedge and, and he goes through and he hits lofted clubs low. Now, you can do it from the back foot. You can do whatever you like to get the ball to go low. But a lofted club going low, one bouncing, sometimes two bouncing in the fringe will get the ball to – well, you get an honest bounce. You won't be at the mercy of a pitching wedge bounce, for instance. So it takes a little bit of practice. But if you want to start hitting these low skidding shots, lofted club, lob wedge, hitting them low with lots of spin, and the ball will skid onto the green and hopefully stop. Okay. I don't know how to hit a lofted lob wedge low. So what so do I do? So what you need to do is you need to go to your local PGA professional and they will show you in person <laughs> what to do. Very hard to explain here. Is it, off, is it here. off my back foot? Did you just Yeah, off the yep. back foot, hands forward. Right. Uh, and accelerating through okay. is the way to do it. All but right. uh, if you've never seen them, uh, maybe rewind the Masters because <laughs> Scotty Scheffler was a genius at them. All right. That will be my next skill next week. I'll bring that to the table. Thank you so much, Marco. See you and, next uh, week. Blakey, we'll see you next week.